Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast, where two old school Heroes fangirls talk about the show and defend its honor. My name is Rachel. And I'm Keisha. And today we are talking about the second episode of season two, Lizards. But before we get into the show, Keisha, do we have some new news? Um, we do actually have a little bit of news. It's just more casting news. That's the only news we have these days. Uh, but I saw this over the weekend and I thought, hey, we should talk about it. Um, Dania Ramirez, who plays Maya, our new addition to season two, just got cast as part of the ensemble of uh, the adaptation of the graphic novel Sweet Tooth, because the only thing getting greenlit these days is comic book adaptations. We're doing that again. And, uh, yeah, so, so that's cool. She's going to be in Sweet Tooth, which is a really, really weird and really sad uh, graphic novel series from Vertigo. Excellent. Yeah. It's a bummer. Yeah. I, I haven't even read more than the first, like, hardcover. It's real sad. Oh, boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's real sad and real weird, and uh, I should finish it, honestly, but yeah. So, hooray. Hooray acting gigs for all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's a comic book movie. Or a TV show. If it's not, well... <laughs> <laughs> if it's not, why? Well, like, literally all of our casting news bits, I think almost all of them, if not all of them, have had something to do with a graphic novel, a comic series, or a um, manga. So, or an anime. So, yeah, probably. It's like every single one. <laughs> mm-hmm, I think so. <laughs> you know, but congrats to her. Yeah. Apparently, over on BBC Two, they are starting to re-air the first season of Heroes. Yay! Like actually on TV. Um, I, I think that's that's pretty cool. Uh, so, mm-hmm. so shout out to anybody listening to us who is uh, over there, and they could you know they could just listen to our episodes as, as alongside with. <laughs> Hell yeah! We're we're already done with season one. So. Yeah, season one is done. Mm-hmm. Let's get comfortable and let's talk about the episode. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'll kick us off. So we again have something in the previously that was not on the episode, <laughs> which was uh, Matt and Molly with pizza. And it is a cut scene. I think you can see it on the season two DVD, which mm-hmm. that happens a lot this season, I feel like, that you get a cut oh. part of a cut scene in like the previously. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, let's get into the, the episode proper. Where Peter is tied up and shirtless and getting the ever-loving shit beat out of him in Ireland. <laughs> can you hear me grinning uh, on a podcast? Can that is, is that a thing you can hear without me saying anything? Is that an audible sound? <laughs> uh, it might be. It might be. Huzzah. Anyway, go on. <laughs> They're in the Wandering Rocks pub. And the thugs from the previous episode are wailing on him because they want to know where he stashed the iPods because that container was supposed to be just chock full of iPods. Peter doesn't know anything. He doesn't even know who he is or how he got there. So surely them beating him up is going to get them the information they need. <laughs> I know. It's kind of a really like not great approach. <laughs> like... Yeah, and he's like, I don't know who I am. Smack. Still don't know. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about for iPods. Smack. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, guys. Like, I'd tell you if I knew. Smack. Yeah. He can't even remember that he, he's probably rich and he could just buy an iPod and give it to them. 
I could buy that whole container of iPods <laughs> for you guys. In theory, in theory, he could if if he's not like cut out of the will or something. He's <laughs> like... got that Petrelli money. Mm-hmm. Or Nathan Last would war. buy it for him. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Nathan would. <laughs> Nathan would tra- would trade a shipping container full of iPods for Peter's life. Come on. Easily. Oh my God. The nice ones. What are the nicest ones that they have in 2008 or whatever? Probably the classics. Oh, those are so cool. I I, I, I loved mine. I really did. Because I don't think they had the touch ones. Or like, you know, the, the ones with the screen on it yet. Did they? Yeah. I well, don't remember. Well, well. I'm like, well. Uh, maybe <laughs> I can't get you not... iPods, but I can get you Zunes. <laughs> punch, punch, punch. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, okay, well, like, they have the cachet of being cool now because they were in a Marvel movie. Nobody likes Zooms. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why they're not around anymore. Like, I think, like, I think both of my sisters had them, but that's because, like, Walmart at the time had them on clearance for, like, 10 bucks or something. Oh, my because God. Because nobody it wanted was... Zooms. Nobody wanted it! Because, like, <laughs> it was a real-ass argument between me and the ex. Like, an ongoing argument about the potential of the Zoom, and it was a dead serious argument. I, I believe it. Mm-hmm. Yep. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that, that's pretty much Peter in Ireland to start off. Again, we find out he doesn't know who he is, nor does he know where I the iPods are. I keep wanting to say iPads, which, you know. I know, I know. iPod. <laughs> the iPods. All right. Um, may, may I may I briefly cut in yes. on this dance? Mm-hmm. With my normal uh, IMDB bullshit. Go for it, go for it. <laughs> uh, so, Ricky, who is the main thug in this Ireland storyline, is played by Holt McElhaney. Who a lot of you may know now as the wonderful Bill Tench in Mindhunter on Netflix. Mm. He's been in other stuff, but like that's his thing now that I think people would know him from. So. Oh, okay, very excellent. Yeah, yeah. He and mm. he and Gruffles, they they hunt mines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I was taking my notes, I completely forgot Ricky's name for a while until the end. <laughs> Same. I had to go back and put the, all the names in of the thugs, except for the um, second thug. I have Ricky, Tuco, and then thug to be named later, because I, I don't remember. <laughs> and they but, haven't said it yet. <laughs> but the reason I was like, oh, I should remember Ricky is because one of my Animal Crossing villagers is Ricky. So, <laughs> so, the, how, so how, like, it came to me later, and so I was like, that's right, it's Ricky, isn't it? Welcome to, to Eclipsed, an Animal Crossing podcast. <laughs> Where Rachel talks about it, and I just go, oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> and in case yeah. you're wondering, Ricky is a yellow, grumpy squirrel, so. Oh, yep, just yep, like yep. in this. <laughs> 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 He's like, chitter, chitter, where are those iPods? Chitter, chitter. <laughs> <laughs> iPods, please. Back to, back to Heroes. What's that? <laughs> this show... Okay. <laughs> that we're supposed to have a podcast about and not talk about. Okay. Podcast. Are there villagers in it? <laughs> um, kind of? All right. All right. All right. So. it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So we're at the um, Bennett. Go ahead. <laughs> wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, we, need to, we need to talk about something very important. What? 
Well, this is the first thirst trap laid in season two. <laughs> the first of many, many to come. This whole episode is a thirst trap. That's why I think it might be the subtitle. Peter doesn't have a shirt on for a um, suspiciously long amount of time. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Sure they obviously... found him shirtless, but, like, come on, guys. No, I know. Like, obviously Milo got the memo, like, before they started shooting. Like, this is happening. And... And from what I understand, when that happens, the actors try to get all they can out of it. Because they put a lot of work in. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. there you go. I feel like he talked about that in an interview, too. I think he did, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But his hard work is greatly appreciated. Yeah, this whole episode is a thirst trap. Uh, the whole season, the whole volume. I was thinking of more examples after we talked last night. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, boy. Season <laughs> two like, is a thirst trap. Mm-hmm. Just, like, get a soundboard and just ring the thirst trap alarm. Just be like, whoop, like, every time. I feel like they looked at the numbers and they're like, man, there's a lot of women watching this show. I think you're right. Because, I mean, firstly, the show is heavily male-dominated in the cast, mm-hmm. so you might as well do something with that. Um, well, women and then, like, gay men. Like, I've heard, like, that, you know, it was both. <laughs> Because look back at how we started with season one with like Nikki, yeah, and, and then the first, and then the first like couple episodes of yeah, yeah, shirtless pretty. They pivoted correctly. <laughs> yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and then yeah, we pivot to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there there must have been like a huge women demographic in it. There must have been. Um. Well, it's like just take. I mean, yeah, we're just like a slice. We're just like a sample, and that's not how you do statistics. No. But just look at our friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and not even just that, look at, like, the people on the boards that we regularly interacted with, which was quite a few. Mm-hmm. And it skewed heavily one way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I dare say that there was a heavy demographic of young women who watched this show. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm not acting surprised. <laughs> yeah, me neither. But I just thought of that now, like, yeah, that makes sense why season two is a thirst trap. I'm like I'm like as as a as a queer woman, uh, this show is great. <laughs> you get everything. Best of both um, worlds. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, hundred percent. It's very that. Hell yeah. Anyway, all right. So we're at the Bennett house. Sandra's making poached eggs, and whoops a days, her wedding ring falls into the water, and she's like, "Oh gosh darn, my wedding ring fell in," and Claire's right there, like, "Oh." Don't mind if I do. And sticks her hand right in the boiling water and picks it up. And it's like, can you be more of a masochist, dear? I love it. <laughs> and I love Sandra's reaction to that. Like, we do have a colander, dear. No need to be flashy. <laughs> and then she's like, ugh, can I at least be myself at home? That reaction is so, like, Sandra just being over Claire doing stuff like this <laughs> for the last four months. <laughs> She's just excited she can do it around her mom and not have to hide it. And I guess mm. by extension, Lyle, I guess he's definitely in on the know at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah, big time. So she's able to be herself at home. And uh, <laughs> HRG walks out and is like, you know, you're just asking you to lay low, not to like hide everything about yourself. And she's like, Dad, they have metal detectors for people that lay too low. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> that, is, that is on the nose. That is a good point. So they have a little bit of an argument about, like, you know, her laying low. And then she's like, oh, that's, well, like, yeah, I should feel bad for you because after the job you've had, you're now at Copy Kingdom where you are also laying low. 
but he sees it kind of as a vacation from his former job. He's not full into the spy craft that he was at uh, Primatech. Hmm. At least that's what he's telling his family. <laughs> he's such a liar. <laughs> so Claire heads off to school in the rogue. <laughs> the rogue? The rogue. So, <laughs> but we don't leave the Bennett house quite yet. Because Sander brings over a newspaper and she points out that Kaito Nakamura is dead. And HG's like, yeah, I should have seen this coming. And she's like, uh, what do you mean? No more secrets, that's the deal. So it's possible Sander does know what he's up to at the moment with the company and stuff. Maybe. So he goes off and he brings out a tube and he has a Mendez. And he unrolls it. And it is the scene of Kaito laying dead on the ground with blood. And he's like, there are seven, there were eight Mendeses that hadn't come true yet. Here's one of them. And there are seven more that I haven't seen. And he's going to find them. Which I find interesting they limit it to eight. Because I mm. feel like fans would have been pissed if they're just like, what? all these Mendeses keep coming out in like season five or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like, oh, we only have a couple more. We're not going to use this a lot. Is what I feel like they were trying to do. Agreed. And secondly, how does he have that Mendez in particular? <laughs> No idea. <laughs> I Tom- thought about that. I was like, well, that's convenient. <laughs> Thompson, like, drops it on his desk. I have a gift for you. You're going to love it. And he unrolls it. It's just a dead guy. And he's like, what? <laughs> it's dead Kaido. And they're like, ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at that, I don't think you would know it was Kaido until no, you saw the picture. No, it's like- just a guy. And literally, yeah, until you compare it with the photo you're like oh mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> thought you'd like this ben it's a dead guy it's your favorite kind of guy haha <laughs> <laughs> finger guns you like away. dead guys <laughs> <laughs> imagine you killed him there you go yeah mm, maybe you did mm. <laughs> <laughs> who knows <laughs> oh my god <clears throat> so that's a fun thing to wonder about how he got that one particular mendez and didn't get to see any of the others yeah, we never find out how he got that, did, do Mm-mm. we? He just happens to have it. It's a great plot device. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. But why not? that one in particular? Who knows? Gotta kick it off somehow, I guess. Well, if you think about all the others, like, it just goes in the order of the season. So you're like, all right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We will get to see them. Just not today. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Some of, some of my favorite Tim Sale artwork is in the series of eight. That is true. Yeah, there's some good ones. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do you have anything else to mention about uh, the Bennets before I move along? I just love California Claire's wardrobe. That's all. Yes. It's cute. Mm-hmm. I love long shorts, and she looks so cute in them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's all. Like, compared to Texas Claire? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cali Claire's great. All righty. So, speaking of Kaito earlier, who we were just talking about his, his death painting. Mm. <laughs> we were on the DeVoe rooftop. And Matt is up there with Detective Fuller, whose name I didn't write down, but remembered just now. (laughs) I wrote agent because I'm stupid. Detective Fuller. I was like, I know that even. And uh, Matt is also a detective. So it's kind of funny, this whole scene where uh, Detective Fuller is kind of like showing Matt things and letting (laughs) letting Matt kind of make the decisions. Like, ooh, maybe we should do something with this, you know? Mm -hmm. That cracked me up the whole scene. So he's giving him the rundown of what happened. He's like, you know, we have a witness that said he was grabbed and thrown off the roof with another guy, but we only have one body. 
which means the kill either got up and walked away or flew, and he looks at Matt like, no anyone like that? <laughs> and Matt's just kind of like awkwardly chuckles about it. So they had the photo with the symbol, which Matt Matt says, I don't recognize it, even though Molly has been drawing it on her paper mm-hmm. over and over again. Lies! Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, we've got fingerprints on the photo, and they come back to Angela Petrelli. And Matt's like, oh, we should bring her in then. So, like, that, that just, the way their interactions were in that scene really cracked me up. Yeah, and then the whole thing, like, when they get to the crime scene and he's behind the tape and Fuller's like, come on. And he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Used to being on this side of the tape. <laughs> yep. And he talks to Ando for a second and he asks him if he knows what the symbol is. And Ando said, uh, it's like, um, it means godsend, pretty much. And it was uh, the symbol of Takeso Kensei. And Hero's father, who this was, would tell him all the stories about him. And Matt's like, I really need to talk to him, speaking about Hero. And Anna's just like, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too, bud, me too. So that's our little little jaunt on the Nouveau rooftop. Any thoughts about Detective Matt? The whole thing when they're like, oh, the killer fell 20 stories down. They walked away or flew. God, they're really trying to make it be like Sad Beard Nathan. <laughs> like, <laughs> somehow, some way. <laughs> They, they really want you to think that in this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And clearly from, from us talking about it, <laughs> you would can guess that it's not Sadbeard Nathan. It's not Sadbeard Nathan, <laughs> obviously, but... And we're not going to talk about the who exactly it is until it happens, so... Yeah. See, it's funny, because it's like, oh, shit, what if uh, people who start watching this on Peacock actually start, like, listening to us, mm-hmm. like, along with us? And then we're sitting here just spoiling the whole fucking thing left, right, and center. And it's like, whoops. Well, that's why I'm not going to say who it is. Because it was well, yeah, a shock but... at the time. I think I remember being shocked about it. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was like, how? But yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it all makes sense. Um, yeah, no. So I, I just love how they're very, just very pointedly like, or flu. Like, really, <laughs> like, they're really trying to make it be like. Nathan being in a bad space means he's just lost his shit, but... And the way he was, like, asking it also felt like, is he part of the company? Because he's kind of, like, being very pointed at Matt about it. Like, do you know anyone? Mm. Like, that's crazy, Mm -hmm. these kind of things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Weird, isn't it? Wild, dare I say. (laughs) Which also, the detective's name, Detective Fuller, is obviously an homage to Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller. Who wrote on the show in season one. Yeah, we've we've mentioned that. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's he's uh, made his mark on the series, for sure. Mm-hmm. He's off doing Pushing Daisies, I believe, right now. <laughs> at this t- at this point in time, I think he is, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great show Getting if you haven't seen ground. it. Yes. Go watch Pushing yes. Daisies. Mm-hmm. Holds up like crazy and also um, just a, a cast full of charisma and charm. And you will you will cry <laughs> in the series finale. There's at least one Heroes alum in it. Uh, who shows up in there? Ellen Green. She's one of the main well, guests. Sure, sure. But, like, I feel like there have been guest stars and stuff, There, too, there is a season two guest star who we haven't met quite on the show that is in season two. Yes, yes, there's that. There's that. I think we meet her next others, week. though. Yeah, Pushing Daisies is great if you're looking for things to watch and isn't everyone right now. <laughs> it's a nice binge. Two seasons and you're done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very charming. Very charming. It's like, uh, it's, it's the bright and sunny... Uh, older sibling to, to Hannibal's whole everything. <laughs> yes. Have a Brian Fuller marathon watch Pushing Days and then Hannibal. Or or do it the other way around. Like, you get light and dark either way. And it's, it's those two shows are Brian Fuller. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. That is, that is his whole thing. So, 
It's like a, it's like a, it's like a Brian Fuller one on one. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, is he still on the show at this point? Because I think he's just off, mostly focusing on pushing daisies. No, I don't think he's on at all in any capacity after season one until toward until he pops back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the episode that at the time I did not care for. Um. Yeah. All right. So. They can't find, you know, Hiro to talk to, and that's because he's still in feudal Japan. So we go back to Japan, and Hiro's trying to locate Kensei, and he <laughs> he's going around in this in the village where they had just suffered, you know, this great loss, and he's like, have you seen a scary white man <laughs> to somebody? <laughs> Which, absolutely perfect way to describe him. And he finds him, and he's drunk off his ass in the dirt by a tree, just like <laughs> smacking flies on himself. It's just, oh boy, there's, there's your, there's, your, there's your childhood hero right there. <laughs> he's a mess. And goes over, and he grabs him, and he starts uh, dunking him in a water trough to try to sober him up, which. <laughs> I think it's a little extreme, but I think it's mostly Hero also just trying to get his frustrations out about the whole situation. 100%. Uh, yeah. And so he's like, we gotta go after Yako. If we don't go after Yako, she'll be killed. And he's like, who's Yako? <laughs> like, just all soaking wet and just completely trashed. And Hero's convinced that his going back in time is what has ruined everything. If he hadn't have done this, he thinks things would be right on track. And so he keeps on dunking him, and uh, this, at one point when he's talking, <laughs> uh, Kenze calls Hiro a carp for the very first time. It won't be the won't be the last time. It's it's a bit of a it's a it's like a pet name, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he he puts him under again, and then he pretty much just like puts him under just a little too long, and he pulls him out again. And he passes out. <laughs> it's very like ah oh, damn, that's that's a bit much. And uh, our second thirst trap of the episode, I'm going to get a soundboard, and I'm, I'm going to make an annoying sound every time, I think. I've decided. <laughs> like water splashing splash. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's a good idea. Because he's like, he's you know, Anders is just in a robe, and it's, you know, just... It kind of it kind of falls open when he lands. I mean, it's like, come on. This, this, whole, this whole episode is just filled with, with the eye candy. But, so he passes out, and Hiro looks around. Well, someone has to save Yako, and I think I've said her name three different ways now. It's Yaiko, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I fucking, I hate looking at the spelling of it, because it makes me It's fine, it it's, you know, is what it is. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> so, Hiro decides he is immediately going to run face first into the old time travel paradox, and he decides to don Kenze's armor to take matters into his own hands. Which anyone who's seen a time travel anything knows that because he's doing this now, he was probably always part of it. I don't know. Time travel's a bit. The chicken and the egg. Do you have any thoughts about Japan? It is. It always is. I just finished Watchmen, so definitely the chicken or the egg. Uh, She she walks on water. I I will not be convinced either way. (laughs) Oh, man. I need for her to walk on water. All right. Um, Yeah, so... Japan, what are your thoughts? Uh, I love that, like, as he's riding off on his horse, he's like, Andal's never going to believe this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so great. Hero's so great in this bit. He just, I, I love him in Feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's wonderful. We're going to tell people off again later, so. <laughs> that don't like it, but yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it was a delight this whole episode, and so far it is a delight for what we're talking about it. Anywho, um, so uh, the way this episode is, is uh, it goes uh, quick cut back and forth between a lot of different characters. Uh, a lot of season two is like that, so, so strap in, I guess. Because we go straight from Japan back over into Claire's storyline. And she is in class and they're having a lecture. It's very conveniently about cellular regeneration. What are the odds (laughs) (laughs) that she would start school right at that time Mm -hmm. in the syllabus? So she actually this time decides to interact with her teacher thus making her stand out a little bit, yes. But she has her own uh, curiosities and concerns about what she can do. So when she's asking these questions about, like, you know, if people could grow limbs or organs for people, like, you know, she she's trying to gauge things for herself. She's trying to decide what she's going to do with this ability that she has, how she can help people maybe with it. She's grasping for a future purpose. And uh, Wes stares at her the whole time like a total creepo. And he does. He is obsessed with her. When you look at how they, in the first two episodes, do this, it's like, Jesus Christ, he's, like, breathing her air, like, every single scene. <laughs> like, calm down, bud. Just just take it take it down a notch or two. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, she has, like, this, you know, neat little interaction with the teacher, and the teacher's just really charmed by it, you can tell, because most teenagers don't give a shit. <laughs> so anybody who actually, like, asks questions in class, he's like, oh, hope. And so <laughs> it's just, like, this quick little scene where she's in class, and it gives her ideas for later, because they talk about newts and lizards and such, and how, because of, you know, evolution and the, you know, strength of their genetic mutations, they can actually regrow limbs if they lose them. Like, you know, like if you've seen a lizard getting its tail cut off or escaping a predator, they can regrow it. That'll matter later. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Claire, 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 Claire Bear thoughts? Oh, I, yeah, where he's like, yeah, you'll have to thank me in, like, your dissertation or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, yes, I'll answer you, but I also don't want to spend, like, the, make the rest of the class fall asleep while we're discussing this. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very that. It was like, ah, oh, appreciate you speaking up and interacting, but let's, uh, let's keep it going, because otherwise I'll just talk to you the whole time, because these, these people are lost causes. So, like, mm-hmm. You know, like any public school teacher would come to think. Uh, so we're just going to jet straight from California over to New York. Hartsdale, New York, to be specific, a location that will become very important to this volume and future volumes to come. Mm -hmm. And we are introduced to Bob Bishop's office as a setting, which is uh, so great because so far with the company, we've seen it be very uh, sterile looking, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very just like boring and, and, you know, white walls and just looks like a straight up rented office building. Bob Bishop's office is the very opposite of that. <laughs> that is true. He has a beautifully uh, set-dressed uh, location. I love that office. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be able to take like a, a closer look at all the different like props and things, because you can tell they put a lot of effort into it. Uh, yeah, it's very elaborate and, uh, I don't know, ornate. Nicely embellished. Mm-hmm. Screams somebody who can turn stuff into gold. Like, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so we're in Bob Bishop's office, and Mohinder comes in, and Bob's just so... 
I love Stephen Toblowski on this show <laughs> yes, so much. Yes. He's so great. He's just like, oh, yeah, did you enjoy the Jets better than, you know, Flying Coach? They clearly sent a private jet for Mohinder, which, uh, who wouldn't love that? <laughs> Especially with all the traveling he's going to be doing. Because he gets his first assignment for his new gig. And Mohinder's like, wait, 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 what do you, what do you mean assignment? And he's like, you know, I- I'm here to do research, basically. And they're like, yeah, well, here's the deal. There's a man in Haiti who's sick. He has weakness, tremors, loss of abilities. And to date, there's only been two people that have presented with the disease. Your sister, Shanti, in 1974, and Molly Walker four months earlier. So if there's a third case, then it's spreading. So Mohinder is convinced. He's like, okay, well, I guess I need to go check this out then. And Bob is like, all right, so, you know, before you go, doctor, as of now, your blood's the only cure for that virus. So, like, just, like, try not to get yourself killed. Okay, bud? Bob Bishop, king of sass, everybody. Mm-hmm. He's so sassy with Mohinder. I love it. Someone needs to be sassy with Mohinder. <laughs> yes. Few can match Mohinder's sass. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bob is a contender, for sure. He is. Yep. It'd be like Bob, Bennett, Siler. Mm-hmm. That's the list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Any any thoughts about this quick little scene? Mm, no, not really. Nothing that you haven't covered. Take us to Guatemala, dear. <laughs> So, yeah, we're in Guatemala, and um, they are trying to get into Mexico, Mayan Alejandra are. So they show up at a lady's house, and this is, how the hell do you say her name? We were talking about Yaiko problems. Was it, like, Nidia? Oh, uh, it's Nidia. Nidia? Nidia. Yeah, it has an I. Nidia. I have it written down that way, but I'm like, how do I pronounce this? So I'm pretty sure it was Nidia. Nidia. And we kind of discover... That this woman has known them for a long time. Uh, I think she, did she say she like midwife them or she, she somehow was involved in their birth. They're very unclear about it, but she's known them since they were born. Mm-hmm. Cause like Maya came first and Alejandra not long after they are twins. So they're more than just brother and sister. They are twins, mm-hmm. which helps explain their power a little bit later. So yes, they're trying to get yes. up into Mexico and she's going to help them get across the border Maya wants to go alone and she doesn't want to involve her because she's afraid that what happened is going to happen again. Or she's going to lose control of her power and kill people. And that's pretty much it for them for the moment. Any thoughts on the twins? The, the Wonder Twins, dare I yeah. say? Mm-hmm. As I believe that they were uh, regularly referred to in, in interviews and stuff and, uh, and uh, reviews at the time. And yet, last episode I completely forgot they were twins. I, I knew, just because I remember people just being like, oh, the Wonder Twins. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just like, it, there's a little little snippet of them continuing on their journey. They're totally not the Vegas of this year. Anyway. Um, <laughs> do go they're, on. they're new characters. You have to give them a leeway. We're just I know, know but them. I... I know, but I, I mean, like... Okay. So, like... It's like the thing with Nidia, right? Mm-hmm. They're not even that clear about how they know her. No. Like, they're just like, oh, she's known them since they were born. Sure. But can't you give them, like, a little bit more dialogue to, to flush that out? Like, yeah, did she midwife them? Was she a friend of the family? Is she, like, a, a distant relative? Like, what is I it? I feel like it was, like, implied it was a midwife because she talked about how very specifically Maya came first and him not long after. I suppose. But, I mean, I just feel like that they should put in a little more effort into trying to flesh that out true but. true they're also trying to keep them a little mysterious as we go along i know so, i know you know yeah 
I'm trying. I'm trying to give her the Nikki treatment where I want to go to bat for her for a little while and try to like you know. And I understand that, and I'm not trying to be just like a total bitch about it. Like I really, truly am not. I could go in. I'm not. Um, <laughs> give it time. Mm-hmm. No. Um, no. I'm just very like I don't. I don't. I do not. Uh, I don't feel anything for them. I'm just like okay, there they are. Okay. That's cool. They did a thing. Move on. Fair enough. So. Fair enough. Let's go to Ireland. Let's. And Peter is still tied up. And a, a girl comes in this time, and she's like, boy, I bet you were prettier yesterday. She starts uh, cleaning him up a bit, and she asks him his name, and he's like, I don't know my name. I have no idea. She's like, well, I'm Caitlin, and at least you know that much now. <laughs> you might not know where the iPods are, but you know that I'm Caitlin. And he kind of asks if uh, her brother, because she mentions that Ricky's her brother, and he asks if he told her to come in here, and she's like, no. I just thought I would go for a little bit of a gentler approach with you. Because it's not just about the iPods. If it was just us after the Mm -hmm. iPods, that's one thing. But no. So they explain the iPod job is for another guy. And it's due today. I didn't even write the guy, the mob boss. Say his name! Say his name! (laughs) I didn't even write down! It is the most fake Irish sounding name I've ever heard. And I might be wrong and it might be a very popular surname, but I don't think I am. Uh, McSorley. McSorley. Okay, yeah. McSorley. Sure. I didn't even write it down because I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I did. I think I even went back like 10 seconds of the thing and was like, what the fuck was that name? <laughs> mm-hmm. I just called Fake him like mom guy name. or whatever in my, my notes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she's like, you have to tell me what you remember, Peter. And he's like, well, the first thing I remember is seeing your brother and then shocking this guy. And she's like, yeah, that was wild. Some kind of electric short. And he's like, no, uh, it came from me, I think. And she's, like, a little, like, skeptical about it. But then a few moments later, she kind of believes it because she's like, or she doesn't say Peter because she doesn't know his name. I'm sorry. I just took a lot of blood off of you and you don't have a scratch on you. Dun dun. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Mysteries. (laughs) Peter rediscovering himself. I have so much to say about Peter rediscovering himself. (laughs) I I think I'll fully get into it more next week because we see more of him, like, doing things, not Mm -hmm. just, like, getting beat up or whatever. Um, But I will say it, it is a fun little, I guess, glimpse at what his life might have been like had he been born under a different sign, let's say. Mm, Okay. Like, I I love the idea of, like, a blue-collar Peter. I'm fascinated by it. Like, if he hadn't have grown up all, like, in a privileged home, but still ended up the same person with these powers and stuff, like, somehow, like, I'm fascinated with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it shows who he is as a person. Because he doesn't have the baggage of, like, his brother, his family, nothing. It's like, this is just, like, who he's gonna be with this incredible thing he can do. I love yeah. the Peter season two storyline. I really do. Same. Same. Yeah. It's fun. Even before he meets certain people that I really, really like him with. <laughs> <laughs> waggle, waggle. <laughs> I just smiled over here like, I'm not going to say who. Well, um, yeah, no. We don't, I mean, yeah, we don't know who that is. Um, no. Yeah. So. Yeah. I liked checking off in the episode, which we'll see more, like, as it went on, like, what abilities he shows off. Yeah. Like, so That's far we've next seen... week, I think. Mm-hmm. When he really starts to play with it. Yeah, well, we've got... We get, like, two more in this episode that we mm-hmm. haven't seen mm-hmm. him do yet on yep. here. Yeah. And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And it's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yep, yeah, this is from this, this is from this, where did this come from, etc. you know? Mm-hmm. What have you been up to, Peter? Hmm? That was a really fun mystery at the time. It was like, how the, who the, who the fuck does Electra? like, we don't know anyone who does that. Any, anything else for, uh, Peter and Ireland? Uh, no, not at the moment. Uh, Caitlin's cute. Um... I think that she is a well-integrated new character, but, uh, also, so let's get into full spoiler territory here. Um, people like and remember Caitlyn, because they're always like, why can't Caitlyn be saved from the virus future? You know, all that stuff, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But it's funny. It's like, oh, people seem to like her, and yet, what can you even tell me about Caitlyn as a character? (laughs) She has a brother. She has a brother. (laughs) Good for her. She's Irish. That's great. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what I mean? Like... It's it's weird how how some people just, like, you know, hit with people and some people don't. And it's like, you could easily say, Caitlyn's not well-written. They're more obsessed with the flaw behind it all and using that yes. as a point in their bullet points. Yes, and I do think that she and Peter had a, a cute little chemistry. Mm-hmm. I do agree with that. I agree. Um, but it is it is one of those things where you're like, yeah, but can you tell me anything about her? No. Nope. Like, yeah. <laughs> Which, again, goes back to the, the women problem, so. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Oh, it's going to be a fun, fun spate of episodes where we get to tear apart our show. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have to, to, to be fair. You have to. It, it, you have to, and, like, you know, you, you can acknowledge things have its flaws. Yeah. And still enjoy it. Yeah, keep keep going on your international travel. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 popping now from Ireland. Where do we start off on my little international travels? We were in Guatemala, then we went to Ireland, yeah. and now we are going to Haiti. Hey. With Mohinder. So he's walking around and he finds a uh the house he's supposed to go to and he sees a sick guy and he's like, I'm here to help and the guy sort of reveals himself and oh who should be in Haiti but the Haitian because he doesn't have a name other than the Haitian as of right now he doesn't give the name for such an embarrassingly amount of long like yes that's a problem man Mm -hmm. so the Haitian there he is he doesn't want the cure he's like God gave me a power and I abuse it and this is my punishment and (laughs) then Mohinder goes into the hole you know God in the two boats thing, where he's like, well, I'm here, and the only, if, if you could have hundreds of viruses, right? And if you have this one, I am the cure for it. And isn't it God that sent me here to help you? Wouldn't you say that's what it is? Because if I inject you with this and you're still sick, then, well, you can say that, yeah, it's punishment. But if not, then you're meant to have your power. So, he he really lays it on thick, considering we know what how Mohinder is. <laughs> he's really talking it up to the Haitian right now. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it for their little scene in Haiti. Mohinder's going to save him. We're like, yay, it's the Haitian. <laughs> the Haitian sensation? Mm-hmm. It's hard not to remember that every time you say the Haitian. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, uh, the only thing I wanted to add is uh, just <laughs> our, our next, uh, you know, instance of, uh, I mean, Mohinder speaks French, so. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that? It was the sound of water splashing. <laughs> sound effect for you <laughs> oh my lord okay yeah so you know hold on let <laughs> me let, let me do it again 
Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, my yeah. member speaks French a lot in this episode, and uh... and he's walking around just like covered in sweat. Yeah, so, he is. You know. In a in a loose linen shirt. Which I like, because that goes back to uh, what Sentel was saying at like Homecon, where he's like, they were like, you know, talking about what their the director's favorite thing to do with them, and he's like, they'd always cover me in oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they would. So. Christ's sake. <laughs> I'm very happy with myself right now. Uh, you, you must have been doing that like while I was talking the whole time. So. No, I was like, this better be a real sound effect and not some YouTube bullshit. There you go. Because <laughs> yeah. if, I, if, if I muted, you would have noticed. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take a risk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be our, our thirst trap sound. Okay, yep, thirst trap. First trap Slash. alert. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like I like whenever Mohinder tries to just like uh browbeat someone into doing what he wants and he'll use whatever tack he needs to for that. Mm-hmm. Including like dipping down into the god discussion. Because, I mean Mohinder's not religious. So not in the slightest. No. He is a he's the full on like I don't know. He's he's the jack of of the show. <laughs> like Yeah. I, I, in terms yeah. of lost. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I got no time for that. No. He's surrounded by all these locks who are all like, ooh, fate, God. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. So why don't you take us down to, back down to Guatemala, Keisha? I will. Uh, back down on the uh, the trip to the border, we learn, like, yeah, they, they really just pout home the idea that Alejandro has been super protective of Maya ever since they were born. And while they're sitting there waiting to, to go on their journey, uh, there's a woman who's also going to cross over with them. And she comes over, and she claims to be a healer. And she's like, hey, maybe I can help to Maya. Because, you know, Maya's like, oh, you know, no, you don't, you don't want nothing to do with this. And she's like, no, 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 that's fine. So she gives her a reading of sorts, and, you know, she takes her hands. And <laughs> I was like, she clearly must have some kind of power of her own damn self. Like, she knew she she had it pegged. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was very elaborate in her language about it, but I was always like, I bet this woman has a power. She's definitely a psychic, at least. Definitely something. So she, yeah, she gives her a reading, and she's immediately freaked out by what she sees and feels. And she tells Maya, she carries, like, there's nothing but blackness inside of her, basically. And she carries enough of it inside of her to kill the devil himself. No one can heal you. You are cursed. And she and her uh, companion, who I guess, according to IMDb, is her daughter, mm-hmm. uh, they refuse to cross with Maya and Alejandro. They want nothing to do with that. They're like, nope, bye. And they leave Nidia's. That's that's what happens. And Guatemala is uh, uh, constantly Maya is being told, like, you're screwed. No one can help you. You're evil. Bye. <laughs> you're the- that's pretty much what happens with her. Yep. You're cursed. You're cursed. Yep. Smart move on that lady's part. <laughs> Hundred percent. We see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, oh no 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 no. Probably saved her life. I, I, I'm really looking forward to really getting into the nuts and bolts of Maya and her power and like her being a great example of some powers are bad. Like, mm-hmm. and unless she's like, you know, unless it's like militarized or she's going to use it to just like straight up like fight bad guys all the time, she don't need that. And she's not interested in that. It's not the life she's interested in. So it has a point that it meant to have later on. 
Oh, yes, but I meant, like, in the grand scheme of things. Like, I get where she's a really great example of it wouldn't be terrible to have a cure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, yep, yep. No, it definitely, it serves its purpose several times in the in the season. Mm-hmm. So, for, <laughs> damn, we really are just going glow-popping this episode. It's we like are. We are. Back from there, we go, and time traveling. Whoa, mm-hmm. we're, in the, we're in the past. Uh, back in Field Japan. Uh, we see Yaiko, and she's fighting Whitebeard's men, and they're toying with her. But yeah, she's also doing okay. I mm-hmm. think we need to make a point of that. And Hiro shows up as Kensei, and it is one of my favorite hero bits ever. I love his confidence and his ability to use his power and just make fools of these guys. <laughs> like he, he he just handles himself so well. I, I really like this scene quite a bit. Because he does the thing where, you know, they've got their weapons and they're like, what are you going to do? You know, we all have swords. You don't even have a sword. And he's like, oh, don't I? <laughs> you, know? Like, you know what kind of energy he really has in this uh, yes. bit? Mm-hmm. He's he's like a sassy John Mulaney bit. <laughs> <laughs> don't I? You know, and then he's like, and then they don't have swords and then, you know, they've got the arrows and he's like, do you? <laughs> It's so great. So he completely shows him up, and they they bail. And he's like, yeah, go before I take your clothes next, which would have been funny. Let's not have them lie. And uh, he's like, and he's got to fix history, you know? So he's like, this is a great battle. You should write about it in the history books. You should call it the Battle of Twelve Swords, maybe. I don't know. That'd be cool. <laughs> Remember that, please. You know? <laughs> Just really trying to fix what he thinks he broke. Mm-hmm. Uh and so we see that Yako is very thankful to Kensei, quote, quote, for saving her. And that's where we leave off with them. Thoughts? None yet for them, no. But, uh, yeah, yeah I love Hero's energy in this episode. Just absolutely It's so good. It. Yeah. Yeah, that, like, literally popped in my head as I was speaking. I was like, you know what he reminds me of? <laughs> Sassy John Mulaney. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see. So, yeah, we're, we're going straight from there back to... Back to Ireland. Ricky has left Caitlin in charge of watching Peter in the pub as they're trying to, you know, go and handle their business. And Peter is trying to free himself. And at first he's like, oh, he's trying to break the ropes or he's just trying to slip loose. But those are very impressively tied ropes. I think we can just comment on that for a moment. He, he ain't going nowhere in theory because he manages, after some struggle, to phase right through them. Mm-hmm. Hey, thanks, DL. What up, Kirby <laughs> Plaza? So he could bail out and he could leave and he, and he grabs a shirt, which is a tragedy, but I'm dealing with it. He doesn't, though, because he can't leave a damsel in distress. Memories are no. He can't let a person be in trouble because McSorley's thugs come in and they harass Caitlin and they insinuate some really fucked up stuff in this scene, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Peter, he he's not going to just, you know, leave her hanging like that. And so he goes to help. And <laughs> that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, this is just the core of who Peter is. When you strip away his environment, you know? Like, he's a he's a good, he wants to be a good person. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I, re- I really appreciate that. So, Caitlin's a fighter, though. You gotta give her props. She She really tried to hold her own there. She just was outnumbered. And Peter comes in, and he uses the electrokinesis again, which, new favorite toy, hello. But he also uses TK. 
a lot of it. <laughs> he throws a guy. Was that TK um, or did he punch him? He TK'd him, didn't he? I thought he was like, when you I think watched he, it, it was like a punch. Using, he you like, think he's using Jessica strength? Yeah, I was like, was it a Nikki thing or he punched him and it flew him across the room? Oh, fuck. Now I gotta look. Because I wrote, punched one across the room. Shit. Well, you know, pause for pause for clarity because <laughs> now now i am now i am curious i always thought he threw the guy with the his mind bullets okay so here's his electro burst he just did that tk'd the gun out of the guy's hands and broke it and then yeah yeah you're right jessica strength he punched the shit out of him well you were right too because he does still use tk so yeah he does so he just all right powers. so whoop, he uses three powers he uses electro <laughs> he uses tk and he uses Jessica's strength. Again, what up, Kirby? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love very, very much, obviously, at this point, you should realize what a petlar shipper I am, that he used uh, a Siler power. Because Siler's <laughs> in his heart always. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Peter kicks some fucking ass and he saves Caitlin. Yay. And and proves that he continues to be a very viable asset. Again, I argue more value than a bunch of iPods. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? My note was Kate approves, but maybe not the mess he made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's gonna clean that? You think it's gonna be like, you know, <laughs> one of the guys? No. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, nope. She's still so chill with everything. <laughs> She's just like, yeah. well, that's weird. But, you know, I have a theory about that. Mm. So she's Good Irish. Tell. Okay. Yeah. And it's very in their, like, mythology and culture to be, like, fairies and, like, you know what I mean? Like, True. it wouldn't be the weirdest thing ever. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of magic over there. So maybe she had a power that we never got to see. <sighs> Who knows? Who will ever know? Or she's just one of the rare people that, like, are super cool with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I always thought that was funny. It's it's very just different than what you think most people would be like, oh, holy crap, you just, you know, broke that guy's gun without even touching it. And she's just like, oh, wow, cool. This is cool. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's very chill about the whole thing. But, yeah, that's what happens in Ireland. Peter is free. He saves the day. Oh, excuse me. But, uh... His story will definitely continue with that group of people, because now he's got a debt to pay, if you think about it. Yep. Let's head back to California. I'm getting jet lagged. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Boy, are my arms tired. Oh, taboo. <laughs> I'm going to get a soundboard of someone booing. <laughs> so, I love how we're back in California, and Wes just slides right up to Claire like, so lizards, huh? Goodness. <laughs> Take it down a just a notch, guy. And he said he would have, like, pegged her for a whale or a unicorn girl. Eh. And I put, like, dolphins because, you know, uh, Hayden was in that uh, dolphin preservation film whose name I can't remember right now. That's right. It was a big charity thing of hers for a while. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, yeah, that's why I was like, dolphins. You're wrong, West. It's dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> and he's all like, man, this is great. I'm into, like, genetics, too. And she is immediately trying to brush everything off. She's like, I was just bored in class. I'm not really into it. I just wanted, was, you know, in the mood to answer questions. And 
um, he's like, I've got this book that's by this Indian guy whose name I can't pronounce, and it's got like a whole section on regeneration. And she's she's trying to like brush it brush him off again. He's like, you know, well, I could bring it over to your house, and we can get you on your way to your PhD. And you know, she's trying to like kind of like ignore him because again, like he is coming on strong, like chill west. And then she goes to her car because that's where she's headed because it's like you know class is over. And guess what? The rogue is gone. The rogue. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Ah, the biggest, the biggest crime committed in this whole episode. The rogue's gone. Not the rogue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. She does have such a great look of, like, abject terror on her face, though. Because, like, seriously, if you were a teenager and that was your first card and it's just gone. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. Well, I guess you have to learn lessons somehow. And she learns an important one coming. Like, we, we figure out exactly how the car was stolen. And she's she should learn her lesson from this for the next time, all right? Honestly. Got anything else to mention about Claire West in that little segment um, before I move along? No, not really, except for just West is just big company boy energy. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. He does. But, he really does. But not in a smooth way like Eden. Like, this guy is not, like, their best agent, let's say. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, how funny. How funny of a thought is that? If West were a company boy, but he's not, like, the best, but they got to put him on assignment because he's a cute boy, and they're like, ah, Claire, this will be easy. And, and, you know, they know that he's going into the lion's den with Noah Bennett just around the corner, but, you know, he's kind of annoying, so they're just, it's like, it's like an office drama kind of thing, you know? It's like, oh, this guy, just give him that job. (laughs) Oh, what a delightful AU. What a delightful... Yeah, get your fanfic yeah. engines running. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are ones about it. At, There's from, gotta from be. The time. There's gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> so, whoosh from California back <laughs> in time to Japan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Yaiko and Hiro, a.k.a. Kensei, have made it to a clearing, and she's all like, oh, I thought you had absconded with the money. That's why I was so mad at you earlier. Kensei is as honorable as he is brave. And, of course, they're in this beautiful clearing, and the cherry blossoms are in bloom. (laughs) And she's like, there's a deer, and Hero's like, my father told me deers are messengers of God, and that you should make a wish on them. And she's like, oh, I don't need to, because heaven sent me what I'd wish for the most, which is someone to save us all. And this relationship goes from zero to (laughs) 60 in, like, five seconds. It really does, though. Because we go from from um, Yaiko, who in the the first episode, like you know, slap, and now she's just full on, all in on Kensei. Yep. Which I mean, he's also shorter. <laughs> but I guess you know it is what it is. Uh, so she tells him to take off the mask, and here's like, no, 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 you disarm me. It's no surprise your love with Kensei will be the stuff of legends, which, my lord, talk about, like, flirting right there. He (laughs) is Kensei in that moment, and Yaiko is, like, all for it. So she's like, oh, is that so? And then she closes her eyes, like, she's like, all right, give me a kiss. And Hiro stops time, and he, like, seriously considers it, like, ooh. But also, I don't want to break time more than I already have. Mm. So instead, he vanishes, but when he unfreezes, like, the cherry blossoms are just, like, swirling around her there. Again, this relationship went from, like, zero to 60 real fast. <laughs> and it's, like, you know, thinking of, like, the pacing and the, t- uh, you know, of the uh, of the season, you're like, it kind of has to, so. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know. mm-hmm. I don't really have much to add except for just to, 
tack on to your whole, he's shorter, wouldn't she notice thing? Uh, Bruce Wayne's jaw, everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> Superman's whole entire glasses, no glasses thing. People don't notice stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So from Japan to Haiti again, Mohinder's pleased because his blood is clearing out the viral load. And the Haitian's like, you know what? I hoped it wouldn't have cured me. And then Mohinder's like, yeah, I kind of lied about that whole believing that, you know, I'm God sent to to, <laughs> to cure you. Mohinder is bastard, man. <laughs> and, and the Haitian's like, oh, well, tell me why you don't believe. And he's like, well, if he does exist, he's an asshole because he let a virus like this exist in the first place that killed my sister. Mohinder's like, all right, so we're going to take you in. And then he's like, the Haitian's like, what do you mean take me in? He's like, well, I work for a company. And the Haitian's like, ah, there's always a company. And then we get this great, like, camera twist of Mohinder just, like, sitting there. And day turns to night. And Mohinder's just completely zoned out. And where the Haitian was, suddenly, good old Bob's there. And he's like, Sorette. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? You went dark for a few hours. And <laughs> Mohinder's like, wait, what are, you, what are you talking about? Where am I? And he's like, you're in Haiti. He's like, what do you mean? We were, we were just in your office. Bob's like, well, all right. Well, good news is you did cure him. Because <laughs> his power worked and he made yep. you forget all about that. So he's like, well, you know, at least we contained the virus and we'll just chalk this whole thing up. Him getting away it was just a rookie mistake. He's very forgiving about the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a rookie mistake. He's not the Thompson of things. Bob's the nice guy manager. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. He just wants to be your friend, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, we... We find out, like, I'd say Bob is a little bit more than a manager. I know, but just go with me on that. Yes. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. I guess the one of them's are less of assholes, because, like, he's got an ability. Mm. You know, Thompson and HRG, no ability. Yep. They're more of the hard asses. Well, so. they have to be on edge, because, yeah, world of abilities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. True, true. Well, you want to take us to Guatemala again? To the border? I, sh I sure do. Once again, we rejoin Maya and Alejandro, who I always write his name as Al in my notes because it makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> good old Maya and Al. Uh, they're now trying to cross the river to, uh, you know, get over into the border. And the police show up, which, oh shit, because that's who they've been running from. They're running from uh, the law, if you remember the Wanted poster from last mm -hmm. uh, week. So... Maya's like, I need to stay with Alejandro. I need to stay with Alejandro. Like, she's very, very like, no, this needs to happen. We already saw what happened when they get separated. It's not good. So, unfortunately, that's what happens is Maya and Nydia uh, go through this, uh, what do you call it? Tunnel? Yeah, tunnel. They go through a tunnel. And uh, she's separated from him uh, because Alejandro's hiding and immediately starts freaking out and she can't control her power and the black poison starts oozing out of her eyes again which i um i mean like i have you know my, my my issues with how maya's written and everything but it's a cool visual it always has been mm -hmm. i'll fight anybody who says that doesn't look badass like that's a cool thing anyway so she bleeds her little black poison and it seems like she just killed nydia whoops whoops <laughs> Oh no, not Nydia. That's not good. They need someone to take them over. And so, uh, eventually Alejandro is able to rejoin her and we see them holding hands and he can basically take in her poison and live. 
so he can suck it out of her, and he can kind of clear the environment of it as well. And it's the whole, like, twin connection thing. That's why them being twins is, like, really important. Because they've got that extra connection. And uh, they do it in time, and Nydia survives. And she gasps back to life. And she's super spooked. She's just like, nope, you are the devil. You are cursed. Girl, bye. <laughs> and uh, she bails out on them. So their their struggle to get to America continues. Mm-hmm. But they've made it to Mexico now. They have. They're in Mexico now. So they're, you know, ever closer. Yeah, this is the last of them in this episode because we're getting toward the mm-hmm. end. Big stuff for them next week, though. Big stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So going back over crossing the border ourselves, going back to California. Uh, Claire shows up at Copy Kingdom, so we get to see Noah Bennett's new workplace. And it's, uh, you know, it's, um, it's a Kinko's. You know? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's a copy store. <laughs> like, it's just, it's standard retail. Awful fluorescent lighting and polo shirts and all. And she shows up and she has to tell him the very unfortunate thing about what just happened with the rogue. And I just love how, I love how pretty chipper Bennett is at first in his new job. <laughs> He's just like, huh, look at this five pound bag of gummy bears. Receptionists love him. You know, keep it full of candy dish, super popular. He's just so chill. He's just like, oh, mm-hmm. look at this. Who'd have thunk? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just funny to see him just in such a normal environment and just so... I guess, happy with it. And she tells him about the car. And at first he's like, Hey, you know, it's, it could be worse. I was really concerned. I thought something had happened. I thought you, you know, had, someone had seen you do a thing. Cause she's making it seem very life or death when she tells mm-hmm. him as she would. Cause she's freaked out. Cause that's a big thing to just lose a car. But then she mentions that it was unlocked <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of get into it for a little bit about like, you got to be way more careful than you're being like, you need to, you need to just really keep your head on a swivel, Claire. You got to pay attention to these details. Cause that's going to, you know, make or break us doing this. And Claire is just like, she's full of so many questions, you know, she's just, she's just wants to know the limits of her ability. She's like, if I cut my arm off, would it reattach itself or would I grow a new one? Like there's, there's things I need to know now that I have this power. I want to know how far it'll go. And Noah very correctly tells her that if the company gets a hold of her, oh, she'll find out and she won't <laughs> like it. Uh, they'll test the hell out of her. They'll find out exactly that. What she can take, what she can't take. They'll push you so far past your capacity for pain that you'll wish you could die. Mm-hmm. Ouch. So he's really trying to, to keep putting the fear of God into her so that she'll she'll wise up and, and just just deal with being under the radar and just you know she she has these questions yes but that's for another time we're just trying to stay safe right now copy kingdom thoughts yeah he, he's spoken like a man who's seen it done before who's done it before mm-hmm. <laughs> we've seen the comics like mm-hmm. we've seen him giving out those orders like mm-hmm. if anyone knows it's him yeah he knows what the company is capable of but at the same time you know i understand why claire wants to know what she can do Right? That's the thing about this storyline that I like, is, like, you definitely understand both sides of it. Plus, you know, I, I love the gummy bear thing. It's such a great little Claire Bear, like, moment. Yes. Yeah. Could have been a five-pound bag of anything, but it had to be gummy bears. Yeah, it had to be gummy bears. Claire Bear. All right. So, we go over to New York, and Angela has been called in for questioning. 
And so in this moment, we get some really great sort of like fill-in moments about Angela's past. Uh, you know, they say like, oh, she's a major shareholder at Yamagato Industries. So, you know, m- maybe there's that's that's a reason why she might want Kaido to be dead. And she's like, what? And Matt's explaining to her, hey, the most common motives for murder are money and sex. She's like, oh, well, I don't need the money. They're very like, come on, look at me. Like mm-hmm. Angela Petrelli, like cool out. And I wasn't sleeping with him. And then she smirks a little and she's like, not for a long time. (laughs) Get it, girl? Damn right. The fact that the company was just all fucking each other. All right. So. (laughs) It's canon. You know it. It's canon. Yeah. It's canon. Uh huh. And so. Sorry. And Matt shows her the, the scrap of photo and he's like, do you recognize the symbol? And she's like, well, yeah, it's the logo of my husband's law firm. So, what up, Arthur? <laughs> what up? <laughs> and so they're, you know, trying to, you know, talk to her. And they're like, well, can you think of, you know, any reason why this might be happening? And Angela's like, thinking in her mind, because we did something terrible and now someone wants revenge. And she realizes when Matt starts, you know, kind of adjusting his questioning a little, she's like, oh, god damn it, telepath. So <laughs> she's like, lawyer, right away. Gonna lawyer up. Nope, this is done. And uh, he keeps trying to go further. And Detective Fuller's like, dude, no, she pulled the plug. We can't. Like, she, she needs her lawyer. We can't go any further. And she screams telepathically at Matt to get out of her head. And uh, it's such a it's such a great little moment where Matt's like, whoa, you know, because he's not used to having people know who he is and what he can do. And so outside of the interrogation room, we see Nathan. What's up, bud? You haven't been Ooh. in the whole episode. Probably. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, we see we see Matt and Nathan who become a fun duo in season two, actually. And this is their first, like, big moment. And they actually remember each other. Great continuity. Back from Texas in season mm-hmm. one. And you see Nathan, and he's beard of sadness, and he's slick back hair. So I, whew, boy, that is, that is a look he got going on there. <laughs> you do not have anything in your life together at all at this moment in time. Nope. And they're talking for a little bit, and suddenly the lights flicker. And Angela screams. And they run back over to the interrogation room. And Angela is freaking out. She is getting attacked by something. She It's like making her, like, she's clawing her own face. Like, it's it's something, but there doesn't seem to be anyone there. So Nathan's like, Ma, you know, and he's trying to get to her. And, and Matt picks up a chair and he smashes in the two-way mirror. And they're able to get inside the room because it's locked. And... It, it's it's really a suspicious scene because in the first part where we saw Kaito get murdered, we saw a person. Yep. This time we didn't see anyone, mm-hmm. but she was clearly in peril. So Nathan goes in and he's you know goes in to comfort her and he's like, "It's all right, Mom. It's, you know, it's gonna be okay." And she's got you know the scrap of photo with her on it with the helix drawn on it. So Angela's in danger, girl. Like, mm-hmm. big-time danger. And I couldn't remember at this point in the proceedings if uh, people started having a two-person theory about who's targeting people because you couldn't see anyone in this scene. They might have, because definitely the M.O. of this versus Kaito is different. Very different. Uh, Kaito, like you said, it was a dude. 
Mm-hmm. And this Looks person, on. it feels like Siler, honestly. The light's going out. It's very much the, the attack on the FBI uh-huh. building in season one. Or the high school. Like, or the high school. Like, the lights go out. Things get, like, real creepy. He... But we don't see anyone, which, again, that that's kind of a Siler hallmark a little bit. Yeah, right? He's, he's the kind of drama bitch that would do that, so... Mm-hmm. Um, my thing was, I, I swear, I think at this point, people were like, what about Claude? Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, how would he do the first one? So it would have had to have been a team effort. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Maybe he just used Kyo to break his fall. Like, I don't know. People, people were being wild with their theories. But I never, you know, expected it to be you. Claude has all the company associations. He used to work there. Mm-hmm. They clearly, you know, it did not end well, and maybe he thinks he could be safe if he went after these people and no more company. Like, yeah, yeah. So, because, uh, yeah, we didn't see anybody there, and he is an invisible man. Yep. So, but yeah. yeah I think he got added into the mix after this episode. I think he did. I think people started being like, there might be more than one. Mm-hmm. So, But as of right now, we don't know where Siler is. No, we sure don't. He's alive, but... But what reason would he have to go after Kaito and Angela? Yeah, this, uh, he has a lot of access to grind. Mm-hmm. Before, like, you know, season two. He doesn't have this axe to grind yet. No. He'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Because Siler wants to kill everything and everyone. Except maybe some people. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Zip. No. Um, any other thoughts about, about this bit? Mm, nope, not really. Nothing at the moment. Yeah. Say hi to Nathan. <laughs> Sup, Nate? Ooh. You're looking a mess. <laughs> Pull yourself even, together. Even his clothes. It's like, what happened to your clothes? <laughs> like, yeah, he's not having oh. a great time. No. No, no, he's not. He got the call rolled out of bed, had to do something with his unshowered hair for like however many days. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so it. He's like, pomade, pomade, pomade. Like, oh, that never is the answer. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, man. Pull himself out of whatever bottle he was on the bottom of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, let's go back to Ireland. <laughs> let's. And Frequent Peter- flyer miles. Yep, mm-hmm. We're, we got a lot today, man. We are... We are practically the. Uh, we are practically Noah Bennett in season one right now. Right? <laughs> Can you imagine the kind of like? Oh man, he, he's probably got the most frequent flyer miles. Like, but he probably also has the private jet that we just saw get used. So you think? Yeah, I bet they scoot him off on the private jets all the time. Yeah. Really? You don't think that they make him fly at least business class? No, the company has got a fleet of jets. You got to get to places like uh, quick. Oh, man, I'm willing to argue with you about that. All right. <laughs> Not on this day, but... I, I, I can see it both ways, but I figure, you know. I, was like, I feel I like that's that... why they said it to Mohinder, like, did you enjoy the jet, kind of, because I think that was a question, like, how is Noah getting everywhere so fast in I season guess. one? I guess, I guess, like, oh, the but... company has money and unlimited funds, thanks, Bob. So they're able to have jets that they're able to, like, you know, fly out on. I felt like that whole bit, though, was them just trying to continue to impress and woo Mohinder. No, so like, fussy. how are they getting a person that they capture in, like, let's say, uh, Spain or whatever? How are they getting them back to Texas? Shit. You're right, because they're straight up kidnapping people. Yes. All right, fine. You win. I relent. 
I relent. It's the company jets. Okay. I got I got nothing to say to that. They straight up kidnap people, and you could do that with a private jet. All yep. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kidnap people and have to bring back uh, files and stuff like they took all. Yep. You know. Yep. So kings to you, Fernand. I. I. Yep. You got it. Sure. All right. All right. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> You're welcome. Back to Ireland. Uh, <laughs> we have Peter and Caitlin, and she's like let's talk about what you just did. Like, and he's like, oh, I don't know. And she's kind of like, all right, you can pretend you don't have memories, but you know what just happened. What, like, I just saw you do to these people. And before they get into a discussion, Ricky rolls in and he is pissed. And he's like... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? In my notes, I accidentally called him Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> he's Ricky. He's the yellow squirrel. Okay. I know, but I'm like, God damn it. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. Ricky. So Ricky comes in mm. and he's pissed. He's like, "That asshole you put through a wall was the asshole that they are." Whatever the hell you said his name was, what Max was Orly. <laughs> that was Max Orly's son, and he loves his son. So Peter, you're gonna have to help us do another job to kind of make this whole thing square. And Peter's like, "I'm not gonna do crime with y'all." <laughs> just be gay and do crime theater <laughs> if only mm. um he's like i'm not gonna do a crime no no thank you no crime and ricky's all well let me sweeten the pot here look at this box <laughs> i forgot about the box same. until we pulled it out <laughs> same so there's this cool looking box and he's like Maybe you want this, Peter. Oh, Ricky knows his name. Oh. And Peter kind of looks at him and he's like, yeah, it feels right, doesn't it? Well, everything in this box is everything that you had on you when we found you the container. Could be anything. Could be photos. Could be a driver's license. That's where I got your name from. Hmm. And you can have it if you help us with the job. Otherwise, and he holds this beautiful wooden box over the fire. I'll just drop this in here right there. And I don't think Peter gives him an answer, but like it's pretty clear, like, yeah, he's gonna want what's in the box. Yeah. What's in the box, Peter? What's in the box? <laughs> yeah, I'd forgotten about the box. Oh my god. And they even had it in a promo too. Like it was a thing. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> I, I now have, like, some memory of what is in the box. Like, I know for sure one definite thing. I don't remember any of it, so I'm excited. Bold of Ricky to assume that Peter won't just throw him through a wall, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. Obviously, that's not Peter, and, you know, he, he, he'll he help them, because, you know. He figures, all right, this yeah. guy saved my sister. Yeah, and so he's he's kind of a good guy, so he's not going to do that to me. Yep. I just was like, wow. He's yeah. confident. <laughs> he's cocky. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So f- from Ireland to Atsu, Japan, back in time. <laughs> <laughs> so Hiro is going back to this bar, this establishment, with the armor in hand. And Kensei is all, you stole my armor. <laughs> and he's like... Calm down. I only did it to, like, build up your reputation and a fixed history. <laughs> and instead of being angry, Kensei is intrigued now. He's like, okay, so what did I do on this day? And he's like, oh, <laughs> you disarmed 11 men and saved a beautiful girl. And he's like, all right, you're telling me you did all this and didn't take any credit for it. And before Hiro can answer, Yaiko comes in and she's like, oh my god, Kensei, 
here's the sword. I'm going to give it back to you, babe. <laughs> we got to go now. I believe we, we got to go. <laughs> and he's like, where are we going? And he's like, to save, you know, you got to go save her father. And he's like, ah, oh, yeah. All right. And so Hero's looking at him and he's like, all right. All right, Carp, I'm in. <laughs> You've got me. I'm in. If listening to you will give me more reward and more of her, I'm in. And Hero's like, okay, great. As long as you stop drinking. And he's like, eh, no promises. <laughs> we'll see where the road takes us. <laughs> and Hero does this great, like, eh, good enough. <laughs> As he straight up, like, takes a flask out of something. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, like, he's eh. like, eh, good enough. And uh... so Kensei goes out the door, which Yaiko's long gone. She must have booked it to the stables. And who should be outside but Whitebeard and the very thugs that Hero dealt with <laughs> earlier. And as soon as Kensei walks out the door, they just light him up with arrows. They sure do. Like, he gets shot five, six times with arrows. And he goes down like a seconder. And <laughs> Hero's like, oh no! <laughs> Time! No! <laughs> so he rushes over to him, like, and he pulls one of the arrows out, which, like, cheesh bud, no. Oh, right? Haven't you ever watched anything? Ever? <laughs> Don't pull them back out. Boy, alright. And Kensei's laying on the ground and he's like, you know, sorry, Carp. Maybe I'll be a hero next time around. And he dies. Unless. <laughs> we watch as the space where Hero pulled the arrow out heals. And he opens his eyes again. And Kensei is alive. Kensei is basically like Claire. He can regenerate. I called him the proto-Claire. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is the plural lizard in this episode. Yeah. Yes. Lizards. And Hero's just like godsend as soon as he opens <laughs> his eyes. So, yeah. I mean, we really shouldn't have even panicked watching this ever because I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand why we were concerned about Kensei and, like, five arrows to the chest. Apparently, Matt Parkman can take five bullets to the chest and be totally fine and not have to heal. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've seen people who can't heal survive worse, so I guess, yeah. We sure the fuck have. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. There's two regens now. Ready? Ready? One, one, and then two. There's two. Mm-hmm. Claire and Kensei. Anything else to say about our our delightful group in Japan? Not in particular. I just, oh, god damn David Anders. He, <laughs> I, I love when Hiro, you know, strolls back in and Kensei just comes from the side and basically gives him a shove like, hey, what's up? Like, he took my armor. <laughs> like, just the physical um, choice that he makes. Just yeah. like, come on, bud. Like, oi. It's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Damn his bones. I certainly didn't do the scene justice retelling it. Like, it's just great to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I just wrote, like, I adore Hero and Kensei's dynamic. Yes. Because I do. Great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. So, so good. So good. People that didn't like Feudal Japan, I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your second. <laughs> Excellent. We'll, we'll take them. I've learned about dueling from Hamilton. We can do this. We'll probably not die. <laughs> Uh. There's a whole song about it. (laughs) (laughs) I believe you. I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to New York. Let's. Where the House of M uh, reunites. Mm. And we see Mohinder coming in and Molly is asleep, as is Matt. And he takes the time to kind of tuck Molly in. 
But then he gets a phone call. And so he leaves the room and answers it. And he's like, wow, you're working late. (laughs) And who is it? It's HRG. It's Noah Bennett. And he's like, how did the trip go, Mohinder? And he's like, well, you'll know how it went shortly. And, uh... Because Mohinder doesn't remember much of the trip. And uh, HRG's like, don't worry, I'll find the other paintings. Uh, You've given me everything I need. And we get this great, like, turnaround to him being like, welcome to Coffee Kingdom. And who is it? It is his BFF, the Haitian. Yay! They're reunited. They're both going to take the company down together. Huzzah! Mm Mm-hmm. Also, um, he's my third name minefield because I know his name and I constantly want to say it. Oh, the Haitian? Yeah. I have zero memory of his name, so. Oh, I constantly want to say it because it's so much better than just the Haitian. <laughs> part of me wants to be like, tell me. And other part of me is like, don't, because then I'll want to say it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. I was like, I'm not going to tell her because she's going to, she, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll get there way down the line, but we'll get there. Fuck, is it even season three or is it, is it season four? I don't remember if it's late season three or, or early season four. God, that's a sh- that's too long. That's too long. But, like, to be fair, I remembered him not talking for longer than it actually was in the show. Agreed. Agreed. So, at least there's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there is that. Yay, reunited. Um, so Mohinder, he faked being Haitian. Well, he faked, um, I don't think he faked being Haitian, but he faked his uh, bumbling about it. Yeah, because he's like, Bob seemed more mad at himself for trusting the bumbling professor. Yes. Than, you know, the Haitian getting away or whatever. Because I do think yeah. he was Haitian. Because the Haitian wouldn't know that he is working with Mohinder until later. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because I would guess it would be like, I, my guess is HRG would know that the Haitian is sick. Yes. And so he would guess like, all right, if Mohinder's in the company, they're going to send him to go deal with it because he's the cure. Yes. And Which, thus they do. It's funny. It kind of circles back around to the thing Bob said about, like, now, don't you go and get yourself killed now. Mm-hmm. Like, you really want to put your very valuable cure out in the field like that without protection? Like, Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently they do. Apparently they well, do. Well, they, they thought this is easy, you know. He's not going to kill him. Yeah. Still. So, yeah. They're not sending him after Siler. <laughs> Which is a damn shame in his eyes. <laughs> No, he's Siler's dead. Siler's dead, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shall I close it off? Yeah, close off our episode, Keisha. Woo! Alright, so our final scene has to do with Claire. And she and Mr. Muggles are watching the dog show together. And Sandra walks into the living room and she demands Claire change it, since that's salt in the wound for poor Mr. Muggles, who obviously, apparently, has the same storyline as Claire, not getting to be extraordinary <laughs> at all anymore at all, having to... Pretend to be just a normal Pomeranian. Um, when clearly Mr. Muggles is the best. <laughs> so, Sandra leaves the room after Muggles barks at the TV like, hey, turn it back on. Claire's like, yeah, well, you know, no point in avoiding it. I, I not only like Callie Claire's wardrobe, I, I love Hayden's performance of her. Yes. She's just kind of like, she's seen some shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Seen some shit, done some shit. Now she's just kind of going with the flow a little bit. And I, I, I like that. So she turns it back on, and she's reading in her textbook about uh, lizards. And so she decides, while she's, you know, painting her her nails, her toenails, she's going to do a little experiment. And the way I remember this is that she had, like, the um, the clippers that you use to clip, like, toenails, like the, the scary mm-hmm. ones, like the big ones. But, yeah. I had forgotten 
that she finds some nearby sewing scissors, which are one of the most dangerous implements on heroes now, apparently. <laughs> and she chops off her pinky toe with those. Yep. I thought it was like nail clippers. I thought it was like the ones you used to like, you know, clip dog nails or something. Because you could easily do that. You know what? No. That, that feels like a, a Mandela effect for sure. Doesn't it though? Mm-hmm. But no, it was some sewing scissors that were just hanging out yep. in the living room. And she chops off her pinky toe and she washes it. At first, it doesn't grow back. And she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what did I do? <laughs> I hope I don't need that anymore. I hope you were right, teach. Uh, but then it does. So she very clearly has so much she can do with her power. And it's fun for us as the audience to get to go on this journey with her as well. And as she's doing this, Muggles barks and she looks up and she sees Wes just outside her window, just looking in, you know, just checking in on her on this fine, cool evening. And he he sees that she notices he's there and he's like, oh, and he bails. And he leaves behind his copy of Activating Evolution by Dr. Chandra's Rush that he had left to bring her, obviously. And she's just like, what? And she picks it up and she's looking around. And meanwhile, Muggles is barking. And he's barking up at the sky. Yeah. Because clearly West flew away. So that's our TV continued. Is Claire just like, huh? Barking and jumping. Barking and jumping. Like, because he's seriously probably just there staring. Yeah. Because he's mm-hmm. dumb. So, yeah. With the implication that uh, he also saw her cut that toe off and it regrow. <laughs> Absolutely. No, he saw her do the thing. Mm-hmm. So, Uh-oh, there's trouble in California. Oh, no, it's going to be harder to pretend to be normal than we all thought, except for we didn't think that. So, <laughs> Guess she can't yeah. be herself even in her own house. Ah, uh, Guess she's got to stop <laughs> reaching her hand into bowling pots of water, which I, I dare say going back to that, it's almost like she's just like lingering, waiting for the chance now. Mm-hmm. Just like what? You need anything? Did you drop anything? Are you good? <laughs> like, is it down the? Is it down the garbage uh, compactor? Can I stick it on? It's in? Just pushing her sleeve up, and yep. it's like Claire, go go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. She's still in robot mode. She's not looking up. I was gonna say something about that in my notes. I'm so glad you did. <laughs> Where the dog is clearly like up, up. <laughs> I know the little Pomeranian's losing its shit. It's like jumping all over the place. There's a flying man. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Do something about this. You know. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> uh. Yeah, and any overall thoughts on the episode? Um, I, I've always thought that Lizards was uh, a little more interesting to watch than the premiere. I, I don't have, like, a huge problem with the premiere. I just think that there's uh, a little more interesting stuff going on in this episode. I don't know. I've always liked Lizards. I think it's a pretty good season two yeah. episode. Yeah. I'm obviously very excited for next week. Of course. For the highs. The of lows are so low, course. but the highs are so good. <laughs> of course. All right. You ready for the socials, people? Here it comes. Strap in. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Eclipsed Podcast. If you'd like to follow our personal accounts, I am at that burb there, burb with a B, like Bob Bishop. And Keisha is at lady underscore snark, S-N-A-R-K. You can send us an email. We are eclipsedpod at gmail.com. We have a Discord, which will be linked in the show notes. We have an Instagram, which will be linked in the show notes. Uh, so yeah, thank you for joining us as we continue our season two journey. Tune in next time for some, some big returns and, uh, 
some some not so great returns, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we will see you then. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you like what you've heard, please feel free to rate, review, subscribe, add us to your feed, whatever you need to do. We would appreciate it. But we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Next time on Eclipsed, Claire ditches class to go to the beach. Hero texts Ando from the past. Who's ready to see more Isaac Mendez paintings? Peter changes his shirt. Siler has the worst vacation ever, and he is going to leave a slicing, I mean scathing Yelp review about it. And, uh, hold on, wait. DL is dead? Tune in. <laughs>